overthinking, overanalyzing, and stressing about every decision we make is something that I think almost every human being struggles with. Some of us really analyze and agonize over the little choices we make in the day. What to eat, what to wear, what to say, how long to make eye contact, all these small details that make up the bulk of most of our days. Others of us are, are better at not sweating the small stuff, but we tend to really freeze or shut down or even get paralyzed when we come to those really big forks in the road where we have to make a decision that's going to affect things long term, maybe even for the rest of our lives. Regardless of which camp you fall into, or maybe you deal with quite a bit of both of those types of anxiety, today I'm going to teach you some tools that are going to help you stop worrying about the decisions you make or at least worry a heck of a lot less about them. Before I launch into strategies, let me just tell you a little bit about who I am in case you're new here. I go by Dr. Scott. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist. I'm the owner of the North Star Psychological Center, which is a private practice in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, focusing on moderate to severe mood and anxiety disorders. I'm the author of the book, For When Everything is Burning, and I'm the host of the podcast, The Psychology of Depression and Anxiety. In order to help you with overthinking and overanalyzing about decisions, I want to first classify the decisions you make in a day into one of two categories because we need different coping skills for each type of decision. Every, every choice that you make is either a micro decision or a macro decision. Basically, micro means small, macro means big. We're going to talk about micro decisions first, but it's, it's crucial that you correctly categorize decisions that you're making so that you know like what is actually at stake here what am i actually trying to do so micro decisions are those really little things that we do every single day you know i, I gave a few examples in the introduction right um what to eat how much to eat what to wear what color are my clothes um do i text that person back or not how long do i wait to text that person back um how long do i take for lunch like like everything right all these all these little things i mean they don't always feel little technically they are though and researchers have tried to estimate how many of these micro decisions we make every single day. Now, obviously, this depends a little bit on who you are and what your lifestyle is like. It also depends on what you define a decision as, which is a surprisingly hard thing to pin down. But the general consensus, kind of the mean or average number that people have come up with is 35,000. We make, we make about 35,000 decisions a day. So let me just sidebar for just a second here. It, it, get out of the strategy talk for a second. And like, let's just be real. No wonder this is hard. No wonder we're so stressed and tired and short-tempered all the time. We're making 35,000 choices a day. Now, you don't make all of those consciously. In fact, we probably make a relatively small amount of those decisions consciously. A lot of them are subconscious decisions, meaning we don't even really realize that we're choosing them. It's just a thing that we do. And we make subconscious decisions primarily based on habits, routines, sense of identity. A lot of factors influence the subconscious. But any subconscious decision can, decision, excuse me, can be pulled up into your consciousness at any time. So you can like basically stop this assembly line in your brain anytime you want. Look at all the stuff you're doing automatically and essentially say like, hey, do I want to be doing this right now? And that amount of freedom and control, I think is actually like, if you're a person with a brain like mine anyway, is actually overwhelming. Like it's it's great, but it's also a lot, right? I mean, to really think about 
and make that many choices in a day. And they are going to matter. Like those choices are going to make up, you know, who I am and what my life is. I mean, holy crap, 35,000 a day. So I just want to validate that. Like that's, that's hard no matter who you are and what you're going through. So even if you think you don't have a so-called hard life, you're making 35,000 choices a day, give or take a few thousand. That's a lot. That's a lot of responsibility for anybody. And I think we don't usually think of it in those terms, but it's accurate. It's statistically accurate. So in terms of how to worry less about those micro decisions, let me give you a few examples here. First is literally to classify them, like to say in your head, this decision I'm stressing about right now is a micro decision, meaning it's a very, very small choice I'm making. I think sometimes just labeling it as that can lower the stakes a little bit because it's easy to get in the habit of thinking like everything is life or death all the time. And it's really not, right? Like most of these decisions aren't going to affect our lives very much. And if you need evidence of that, that number is key. So here's a visualization exercise for you. Picture a flock, 35,000 birds. And I, I've never seen that many birds. So when I say picture it, like I don't even really know what that looks like. I'm assuming that it would just be the entire sky, unless they're like some kind of like, okay, I just cracked myself up because I was going to say, unless they were hummingbirds. And then I tried to picture 35,000 hummingbirds and it was so cute that I got a little like squishy feeling inside, but, um, tangent, sorry, 35,000 birds. So the whole sky is birds, right? Now picture, you know, all 35,000 birds are flying east. Okay. And one bird turns around and goes west. What does that do? It does nothing. It does absolutely nothing. It changes nothing. Most likely, you don't even notice it, nor does anyone else, because one out of 35,000 is statistically insignificant. So when you worry about the micro decisions, you're worrying about something that is not statistically relevant to your life. No one micro decision really does anything, okay? Here's another way to think of it, using that number. Imagine you're the CEO of a company with 35,000 employees. Now, that's a lot of people. So think about like a basketball arena. I think those are like 25 to 30K a lot of time. So picture just an entire like Laker Stadium, for example. Um, is that what it's called? Laker Stadium? I don't know. I don't know if that's the, the place where LeBron is. I don't know the name of the stadium. That's embarrassing, but I'm going to leave it in because... We're all about transparency here, right? I'm clueless about basketball. But I know that that's relatively the size of the stadium. So if you're in charge of a company with that many people in it, are you going to be able to micromanage every single employee? Are you going to be able to make sure every single person is doing what they need to be, is, is optimally producing, is following their contract, is, is working ethically? Are you going to be able to make sure all 35,000 employees get along? that no one has like IT problems? Like, no, of course not, right? That's a completely unrealistic expectation. It's inhuman, it's impossible. CEOs and presidents and managers of companies that size don't actually manage individual people, right? They don't actually, they don't even know most of the people who work for them. What they do is they set a general course of the company and they try to make sure that the majority of the company's efforts move in that direction while acknowledging and accepting that it is impossible to make 
all 35,000 employees work and decisions move in that direction all the time. That's, that's, that's not possible. It's not the goal. If you try to make it your goal, you'll drive yourself crazy. The goal is to just have the majority of the, of, excuse me, of the decisions move in the right way. Every decision you make is part of a bigger framework. And so try to try to think of every little decision you make in the day as being like one part of a journey, right? So you have to have, you have some sort of a North Star in life. See what I did there, North Star. Like, let's say that one of your primary purposes in life is to be a good partner or follow God or help as many people as possible. Like these are some of the kind of the big picture goals you might have in life, right? Are you going to be laser focused on that goal 24-7? Are all 35,000 choices in a day that you make going to be in service of that goal? Of course not. Of course it's not going to be. And it would be incredibly unreasonable for anyone, including yourself, which is probably the person we're most worried about here, if we're being honest, right, to expect that of you. It cannot be done. So when you agonize over any single micro decision, you're treating yourself unfairly. You're expecting an inhuman level of performance out of yourself. You're expecting yourself to, to do something that our most accomplished and talented like CEOs and business professionals cannot do. It's impossible. And that may or may not make you feel better. It might make you mad a little bit. But have realistic expectations for yourself. Think about the birds. Think about the company. Think about the label itself as three tools for reducing the stress you feel around micro decisions. No individual decision matters that much. And as long as the majority, like more than half of your decisions, get you in the direction that you're wanting to go, you're going to be on track. You might face detours. You might even make some wrong turns now and then. That's okay. It's going to slow you down a little bit, but it won't stop you from reaching that destination. It won't stop you from overall following your North Star and getting closer to your big picture life goals. This, the, the micro decisions really don't hold you back that much. One last micro decision tool, and then we'll talk about macro decisions. You actually can't evaluate whether any choice is right or wrong in isolation. Give you a couple examples using food. Is broccoli good for you? You probably thought, yes, broccoli is good for you. It's a green vegetable. It's got a lot of minerals. It's got vitamins. It's, it's very healthy food, right? Is ice cream good for you? Responses may vary there, but I'm guessing a lot of you people thought, no, ice cream's not super great for you. It's got a high fat content. It's got a high sugar content. Ice cream is not really very good. Okay. So based on that framework, that oversimplified framework, broccoli good, ice cream bad. So if I told you yesterday for dinner, I had broccoli, literally just, just ate a bunch of broccoli for dinner. Is that good? Not, right? If I told you that yesterday for dinner, I had a six ounce sirloin steak. I had a side salad with some dressing and I had a, I was gonna say a pint, is a pint big? I don't know my, <laughs> let's say a cup, cup of ice cream at the end of it. Was that a good dinner? It was, right? That's a, that's a very reasonable dinner. So you can't, you can't evaluate any decision 
in isolation because every decision relates to every other decision you make. Broccoli is good, but broccoli by itself isn't good. Ice cream is bad. I, I'm making air quotes right now because it's not actually bad, right? It depends on what else you're doing. It depends on how it fits into your bigger overall narrative. But what our brains do sometimes, especially when we have anxiety, so they sort of like freeze time and they and they spotlight just this one decision, this one micro decision, as if it's the make or break point and as if nothing ever happened before it or after it. And it says, do the right thing right here. You, you can't even analyze that because you don't remember everything, every single thing that happened before it. You don't know what's going to come after it. So this idea that you're going to make some make or break right or wrong micro decision is just, it's not real. It's not real. And try to remember that to maybe try to remember the broccoli and ice cream to maybe take some of that pressure off. So I hope those tools help you with micro decisions. Let's talk about macro decisions now. So these are the big ones, right? This is stuff like, you know, who, who am I going to get married? And if so, to who? Do we have kids? How many kids? When do we have kids? What career, you know, am I going to pursue? What's my field of study going to be? What house should we live in? What city should we live in? These are big decisions. And, and when you make one of these decisions, it's going to really change the course of your life one way or another. And most likely, there are some exceptions to this, but most likely, you're probably going to have to live with the consequences of those decisions for a long time. And that's why those can feel particularly crippling and paralyzing to your anxiety. But I've got some tools for you to break those down too. First of all, this kind of goes back to what we just said about micro decisions, but it's even more it's even more applicable to the macro decisions is we tend to get really into these like black and white dichotomized, good, bad, right, wrong patterns of thinking. And this is another one of those things that might make you feel better or worse, depending on how you take it. But we can't actually ever know if a decision we made was right or wrong because we have nothing to compare it to. You only know the path that you took and the idea that, that, that the macro decision you made around some of those variables we discussed earlier was good or bad is based on untested and untestable assumptions. It's based on the idea that the other decision or decisions that you could have chosen would have been better or worse than the one you did pick. And we don't actually know that. That's all speculation. It's easy to think that if something has a generally positive outcome, it was a good decision. And if something has a generally negative outcome, it was a bad decision. But we don't know that. Maybe maybe something went bad, but the other options were way worse, right? I mean, there's no way to know. Let me give you a couple examples of this. So it would be easy for someone probably to look at me and know, okay, I've been married for 15 years. Um, and I'm happy. Like I, I would describe my marriage as happy. I think my wife would agree with that. So it would be easy to say like, oh, he picked the right person. And I, I do think there's some truth to that. Don't get me wrong. Like my wife and I do have a very high like baseline level of compatibility and that's important. But I think it's very possible that either of us would have screwed this marriage up if we didn't work at it. See, here's the thing. Every macro decision that you make is followed by 35,000 micro decisions every single day. And so the macro decisions essentially dictate what path you're going to travel on in life, right? Like you come to these forks in the road, and it's like, do I go left or right? So you pick one and, and you're going to be on that path. But the micro decisions determine 
how you travel that path. And there are a lot of things that my wife and I do in our marriage that maintain the health of the relationship. We make time for each other every single day. We communicate. We cuddle. If we didn't do those things, I don't think our marriage would be all that good. And you might look at us and say, oh, they picked the wrong partners because they're unhappy. The decision itself, the macro decisions themselves, I really strongly believe this, are not actually the make or break points. They simply determine your course and it's how you travel that course. The overall direction of the micro decisions you make that is going to really determine your quality of life. Same thing with my career, right? Like I, I've been by most metrics, very successful as a psychologist, as a mental health professional. So it would be easy to say, oh, he picked the right career. You know, he picked the right school. But the, un, again, the untested an untestable assumption behind that is that anything else that I picked would have been worse. Something else I was interested in for a while was law. I thought I would be a good lawyer and, and mental health is basically just arguing with people's negative beliefs about themselves. So I kind of feel like I get to do it anyway. But like, how do I know that I wouldn't have been just as good, if not better and more successful as a lawyer? I don't know that. And I never will because I didn't travel that path. And so the, again, the point of this isn't to like drive yourself crazy with the infinite array of options we have, because that, that could get really un, unproductive. It's to realize that these moments that we agonize over are not actually the end points. They are the beginning points of that journey. It's when you choose, do I go this way or this way? But how you travel that path is what's going to really make a difference. You pick a field of study, but okay, do you take it seriously? Do you try really hard? Do you approach it with a good attitude? Do you take care of yourself while you're studying? If you have those fundamentals in place, you can probably make almost anything work unless it is a horrible fit for you. On the flip side, just because you choose something that you're really well suited for and that you really enjoy does not automatically guarantee success in that field. You still have to put the work in and making a right decision and then like screwing everything up along the way is not going to produce a good outcome. So when you're stressing, when you're agonizing over these macro decisions, I truly believe, I know I'm restating myself here. I don't think they're as important as we think they are. They, they do matter. Don't get me wrong. But I think that most of the decisions, even if they were not maybe the optimal one, I think most can be salvaged. Now, don't, don't mishear me on that. You know, I'm not saying that if you find yourself with like an abusive partner, for example, or in a job that's just awful in every conceivable way, that you should just have a good attitude and work really hard and stick it out and it'd be fine. I'm not saying that. But I think most of them, if it's just like, I don't know if this was the best choice or not. It's not the initial choice that makes it good or bad. For the most part, it's what you do with the choice once you have made it. And so these decisions that we agonize over, that we think this is going to like, this is the rest of my life and I got to get it right. Most of the time, I don't think there is a right or wrong with those. They're just the starting point. Now, the last thing I want to say here, and this applies to everything we're talking about. So I want to make sure you realize there's no such thing as not making a decision because what happens sometimes, whether it's the micro or the macro decisions, sometimes we get to these decision points and we get so stressed, we get so worried, we get so frozen up. And again, I get 
hopefully I've done a good job of communicating to you guys. I get why that is. This is not me judging you here. This is just me stating something. When we end up, you know, freezing and not making a decision, there's no neutral option. There's no opt-out option. If we don't choose our path in life, if we don't choose what we're going to do, it's chosen for us by someone or something else, maybe even just by circumstances or randomness. So ultimately, I think you're usually better off choosing instead of waiting, even though it's stressful, even though it's hard, because if you don't, someone else will. One way or another, your life is going to end up going in some certain direction, or it'll just spin around in circles going nowhere. But it is important to make these decisions. It is important to pick a path. And it is incredibly important. The one thing I think does matter tremendously, it is very important to try to travel that path to the best of your ability. Again, it will not be perfect. You will not make every one of those 35,000 daily decisions optimally. That is not possible. That is not a realistic expectation. All you got to do is like most of them. Maybe aim for 80%. If four out of five decisions that you make, these micro decisions, keep you moving in a positive direction in your life. Four out of five. That's not that bad. That gives you, that lets you, oh crap. I can't do that math in my head. Yes, I can. Seven thousand. That gives you a margin of error of 7,000 wrong decisions a day. You can screw up 7,000 times today and still be at 80%. If you make 80% decisions in service of your North Star goals, of your big picture directions you're trying to head to in life, I think you're probably going to be okay. That's really all you have to do. And that, you know, I say all, it's still hard, I know, but it's probably a lot easier than what you're currently expecting out of yourself. So consider trying those tools and see how they go for you. And as always, please let me know. Take care. See you next time.